Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in K-State, hosted by Joe Matthew and Reggie Blackwell. Prepare for the airing of grievances as we discuss what went wrong against the Texas Longhorns on Saturday, and we look ahead to the Baylor Bears game this Saturday. We also throw in some basketball talk this week as Jerome Tang's Wildcats started the season on Monday night, losing against USC. First, a message from our sponsor. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the bet online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Prepare for the airing of grievances. As hey. Frank Costanza said on Seinfeld, on Festivus, <laughs> I have a lot of problems with you people and now you're going to hear about it. Yeah, it's a, you're definitely going to hear about it. Uh, I would say, Joe, as we get into this week, um, being down there, being able to witness the game up front, Texas crowd was really into it. I didn't think they would be that motivated for a Kansas State team to come in there. But whatever they told Texas, they were motivated. That crowd was into it. The team was into it. And I thought Texas would come out a little flat. But all that was all wrong for me. Mm -hmm. But – at the end of the day, and we're going to get into it, Joe, you have to say this is one of the most disappointing losses in Kleiman's career at Kansas State because how they battled back and how the game ended to me, that's why it's so disappointing and hard to really swallow because we were in position through all the adversity on the four-yard line with a chance to win the game with four plays. And we couldn't put together our four best plays to get in the end zone to secure victory seems puzzling to me. It's very puzzling. Why? There's a a couple different things. The decision to go forward on fourth down, I don't think he had to do that. Now, there's a lot of people that are fine with him doing that. But I don't think and, I, and I'm one and yeah. I'm one that's fine, but I wouldn't have had no problem of going one more overtime. Yeah. So let me just repeat. I'm fine with the aggressiveness. I heard him in his press conference. It was one. Maybe the guys was running out of gas a little bit. Literally, he was not very comfortable with executing another kick. He didn't really want to have to go through that whole process. With the bobble snap and the missed kick, I think in the back of his mind, 
He had that in there. But at the end of the day, I'm okay with the aggressiveness. I'm just not okay with the play calling leading up to the whole process. Yeah, but <laughs> I would have been fine with kicking it and let's go to a second overtime because I think our defense had finally found some momentum. And with the field being condensed with 25 yards, with you not being able to go over the top and do a lot of the other stuff, I think our defense would have gave us a better shot of stopping them versus their their defense. We were moving the ball, yeah. but it showed we had the big play in the overtime to get to the four-yard line when we had a little space, but then when the space got condensed for us, whether our play calling or Texas, you got to give Texas credit for their defense as well, we completely yeah. got shut down for four yards. I think you just got to give your running back, DJ Giddens, one or two opportunities to get a yard or two. I know they were stuffing us all day, Joe. I know we didn't have the greatest running game for the day, but we were making some little strides here and there in the second half where we were picking up two or we'll pick up three. Now, I know it's more compact, down on the goal line, but why do you remove the running back and go empty? Now you're making yourself more predictable to me because now we only have one option. That's the quarterback run game or you have to throw it. By leaving the running back back there, now we can have a traditional RPO game with three options, run, pass, or option. You know, you can run, pass, or throw. We still got the running back in the backfield. Now you make the decision-making of Texas a little more harder versus not having any running back in the backfield. Yeah, no. <laughs> the play call on that fourth down, I had a huge problem with. I think if you go for it, you have to have a play you know is going to work. You have yep. to have a, you have to hundred percent know we're going to get it in the end zone and score here. Otherwise, kick the field goal. The, uh, the play they ran, the receivers were all blanketed. Uh, Texas pressure, Will Howard, he lost his balance, tripped, fell, was falling down, just threw up a prayer. The whole play was ugly. It, it wasn't going to work from the get-go. I was expecting right. maybe a, a trick play, some kind of misdirection play. But all he did was drop back. The receivers kind of ran, ran routes and were all covered. He had nowhere to go with the ball. And you referring I, to the final play of the game. The final right? the play, yes. Right. Uh -huh. Not the other fourth down play. Right. Okay. Right. Because that, that play call was very mysterious as well. Yeah. That, okay. So you're talking about the – in regulation, there's like four right. minutes left in the game. Correct. There's a third and one. Correct. And we were down three points – yeah, right. we were down three points. Could have scored a touchdown to right. go ahead, and then the game's over, in my opinion. Correct. The game's over. Yeah. Third and one. There's no – yeah. You put Will Howard <laughs> – all right. The announcers even said, oh, you got such a big quarterback. Will Howard's – you know, he's 6'4", 240. Just put him behind center and get a yard and get the first down and – you're you're all set. Yeah, they even said they even said power. that. 
All right, go to power set. Go to uh, the figure out to the Eagles push. I know that it's hard beef to move. Trust me, Texas is 370-pound plus guys. But I think Beebs, that offensive line, all those guys would have had enough pride and Howard to get in there, dig in, get one yard. One yard. Yeah, and why put why put Will Howard in the shotgun to run it? Exactly. When so, there was stuff in the run all day. It, so, it, it made no sense whatsoever. None. So so you, you texted me the worst play call in K-State football history. And I can't even argue with that. That was a tough hey, that was hard to understand. So I'm interesting to hear when the coordinators talk this week, what Colin Klein would have to say, they had to be something that they saw that they thought that they could make the quarterback run game work. They're smart enough. They're too smart. Um, Colin Klein and Kleiman, there had to be something, Joe, that we're missing. Because logically, it does not look like a logical play you would call. No, not at all. It made no sense. So that, and then, of that's, course, he had to kick the field goal, which he missed, and it missed it. But luckily, our defense, you know, they stepped up and held them and to three you, and out. We had timeouts, and we got the exactly. ball back and came down and kicked a 41-yarder to send it to overtime. So, but, yeah, get not getting a touchdown right there is was so frustrating. No, that was the game. I just kept I, we, saying – when we get down there, when we're down there, score a touchdown. Don't settle for the field goal. Exactly. And then they get way too conservative. And yeah. Now the goal should have been got a touchdown, got it in regulation, and the game would have been over. I yeah. think we'd have won. Texas wouldn't have came down and score, and the confetti would have been coming down. Yeah. But we ended up what we ended up. Now, going back to the overtime, um, and making the decision, why does, after we get a great pass play to get down there, we got four plays. If you already know you predetermined they're going to go for it, you got to throw you that you got to put together your best four plays. Once again, Joe, I can't believe that we didn't try to run the ball with our running backs one time. I can't either. They were stuff in the run, though. They were stuff in the run. But we got to at least try. Mm-hmm. One yard, two yards. All we need is four yards in four plays, Joe. Mm-hmm. We need a yard of play. Right. That's true. Very true. We need a yard of play. And if you're going to call fast plays like what they called, you might as well run it. Because... <laughs> Yeah. Again, they, I was just perplexed at the play calling and that whole the all those downs really. Yeah, their their defense was playing too well, so I understand somewhat of the logic where they didn't want to run it. But why do you remove the running back from the backfield and go empty, even if you are not going to run the running back, still have the threat of him being some type of run play option with Will Howard faking it to um, Giddings or Treshawn Ward, whichever one, 
rolling out, throwing the ball, or running it. One of the three. Mm-hmm. That would have been the that would have been the best option to me. This is a common theme with Chris Kleiman and Colin uh, Klein is play calling at at crucial times in games because mm-hmm. they case they rarely gets blown out. <laughs> right, and I think they're in their three losses. They've lost by a total of fourteen points. Fourteen points exactly. So. These games are close, and when you have, you know, issues like this and play calling, so K-State doesn't have the margin for error that Texas has. No, exactly. We don't have the talent that Texas has or any of the top Oklahoma has and, and whatever. So against Texas, Climate even said it, you almost have to play a perfect game. You don't, you don't, you can't make any mistakes. You can't miss field goals. You can't botch extra points and expect to win. Right. Texas, they had a margin for error. They had a backup quarterback that played crappy the whole second half. Mm-hmm. He was, his passing was horrendous. He was way off. I think the fans even booed him on a couple of those passes. The, you know, the announcer was calling for Arch Manning, which was, I thought, ridiculous. But so we may see Arch Manning. I mean, that's how bad he was playing. Is the announcer even said, we may see Arch Manning in this game. But, you know, that wasn't going to happen. But right. that's just point out how bad that, how bad Malik Murphy was playing in that second half. So they have a margin for error. They, they could have those mistakes and they still won the game. K-State right. can't that, do that. K-State can't – they don't have that margin for error. No, Texas gave us every opportunity to win the game. They yeah. had the turnovers. They had the, re, uh, the interceptions, the fumble. We got a block punt. Kudos to us. We created those things uh, yeah. to make those things happen, to put ourselves back in the game. So understand, by no means, Kansas State fought like hell to get back into that game and put themselves in position to win at the end. But just like you said, my frustration is I know this team could be undefeated. I stated at the beginning of the season when I talked to them in August that I felt that it was something special that this group can run the table. It takes one week at a time. You got to do one game at a time, one assignment at a time, one play at a time. But I really thought, and a lot of people think I'm just smoking trees or something, that this team really can be undefeated. But when you look back on it, um, there is some very critical situations. You make a great point that we've not executed executed at the most critical time. We've got to show the ability that we can win one of these close ones and not lose them. Right. That's the margin and error of us being undefeated and, you know, being with three losses. You can arguably say even an Oklahoma State game, we lose by eight, but we're on a 30. We're going in. We got an opportunity to tie that game uh, with the last possession, even as bad as we played. 
as a team. I think that was the worst, even though Oklahoma State is playing very well. Give kudos to them. But I think mm-hmm. collectively that was the worst game K-State played as a team all year, that they just mm-hmm. did not play that well and still put themselves in a great position to come back and win that game. But you, once again, Joe, we've got to show the ability, and it's probably going to be one more game that is going to probably happen, maybe two. And the KU and the Iowa State game. I think this game, when we talk about Baylor, I think we'll be pretty comfortable uh, with a victory. Now, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I think, I think we should be. We, I don't think it should come down to a last-minute one-possession game, particularly at home. I would be, I'll be rather surprised. But mm-hmm. I do think KU and the Iowa State game are two games that we got to close out. That could be a one-possession score game. And we got to show our ability to be able to close the game out at a critical time. Yeah, absolutely. One more beef I have. <laughs> Chris Kleitman, Alec Klein, they were, in my opinion, stubborn about getting the running game going in this game. And they didn't switch it up until it was too late. Now, they did tie the game. They could have won it in regulation, all of that. But it. this is one of the best rushing defenses in the country. We talked about it last week, how good Texas is against the run. And I even said, we're going to have to pass the ball in this game in order to find success. No, no doubt. And late into the second quarter, we're down 17 and nothing. And, there, you know, I think it was 17 and nothing. And there was, a, you know, Two runs and a pass on a series. And it was like a third and eight. And then it was incomplete pass and we had to punt. Like, at that point, it's too late to get the running game going. You're down 17 points. You got to open it up and come back. It's it's too late to get the running game going. And I don't know. I was frustrated with the game plan from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. The offensive line played great last week, but you're playing Houston. This is a whole different animal. They they should have come into the game, I think, with a better game plan instead of trying to run it against that defense where, you know, they're not as strong against the pass. But they were stubborn into the third quarter, really, about running the ball. And then once, once they – you know, took the reins off Will Howard and he started passing the ball downfield. That's where we found success. Now, a couple of, you know, after the block punt, found uh, Phillip Brooks for that touchdown. And then in the third quarter, was it after the fumble or the interception? I can't remember. But the first play, you know, it's a 30-yard touchdown pass after they opened it up. So, and really the receiver was wide open. So I was just questioning the whole time. Why? why? I know why now because they were behind and they had to. But why not open it up earlier in the first half? Joe, I can't agree with you more. Um, My thoughts are very much the same. After the first couple possessions, uh, I can see your first series or so. You see that this is going to be a tough run and sledding day. Let's start throwing it. But I agree with you. 
the game plan from the beginning. Let's come out throwing to open up for the run. Let's yes. come out passing to see if that can set up the run. Let's be more creative out of the gate instead of doing what we do best and we've been having success with over the last three weeks, dominating some inferior teams. We can't do that against Texas. We yeah. found out that Texas is the number seven team in the country for a reason. They did go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama for a reason. Yeah. They have a very stout defense that's good. And the other thing that I noticed, Texas plays loose, soft coverage in the secondary. Uh, yes. They're not mm -hmm. pressing you a lot. So the pass always with their defensive coordinator, their philosophy is to kind of let their athletes be their athletes. But if you can make some moves and get going, you can make some pass and you can, you can make it happen on them. So mm – -hmm. I agree with you. That was the most um, – that was a bad decision um, of, of what we were trying to do from a philosophy standpoint, being stubborn. And you said the right word. It's almost like hard-headed, you know. Yeah. When mm -hmm. you tell somebody, they just – they're going to stay with their plan until something pops. But nothing ever was going to pop on Saturday. No. And it was, I think we ended was, the day with 29 yards rushing. Might have been 33, but oh, I was think it? something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was this. It was less than 50. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and we had a chance to win the game. So that was that was one that I think they would look back on their philosophy and say, look, we could have gave our guys a little bit better chance to do some things early if we would have took some chance and opened it up. And let's and let's just say something before we move on to Baylor, uh, and we'll talk about our big ball of the game as well. Will Howard is a guy; he's still our quarterback. We've got to support mm -hmm. him. The emergence of Avery Johnson has done nothing but help Will Howard. But yeah. I will tell you, Will Howard is the best quarterback that's going to give us the best opportunity to win these last three games and to win the bowl game. I think we can use Avery Johnson in certain situations, but it is unequivocally, without a doubt, this is still Will Howard's team all the way through. He gives us the best opportunity to be successful. Yep, totally agree with you. And I guess the frustrating thing for me, too, is if we would have won that game, we're on track to make the Big 12 championship game. Sure, you got KU and Iowa State coming up. I mean, I we'll get into it, but I think we'll be KU. And we'll talk about that here in a couple of weeks. But basically, you win out, then you're in the Big 12 championship game. And that's the oh, that's frustrating thing is that it was so – we just had missed opportunities. And I think – I mean, I blame the coaches on this one. I don't blame the players at all. No um, doubt. And I think the coaches will look themselves in the mirror – privately and, and and say, look, we could have done some things a little bit better to put ourselves in a better position to get these kids to win. We do have to give kudos to Texas. Like I said, they played hard. I didn't think they would be motivated for this game, but Sark, Sarkeesian did a very, very good job of having these guys locked in. He had them motivated. We were playing up against a backup quarterback. 
but he had that defense and their running backs and everybody else locked in to make sure that they did not look past Kansas State because that team played hard. And you can see it. You can see it at the emotion at their celebration at the end of the game. They were happy as hell to get out of there with the win against K-State. Yep, they sure were. No disagreement from me there. <laughs> so what about your big baller? So my big ballers, uh, there's a lot of candidates um, collectively, but I'm going to get into it since we've been ranting a little bit. My big baller goes to a young man that we just talked about that's been maligned. He's been up and down. He's played a lot of football. But Will Howard really threw some of the best passes I've seen him throw in a long time in this game against Texas. He threw a couple dimes that are pro passes. And he was 26 of 41, 327 yards, four touchdowns. The interception was a fluke that was not on him. Keegan Johnson actually should have caught that. Um, This guy, he controlled the team. I wish we would have gave him an opportunity earlier in the first half to open up any more, to open up some more. He just seems like he's in a rhythm right now. And I want to challenge Will Howard, even on a play selection, maybe with Colin Klein and Kleiman, be more demonstrative and challenge some of the coaches to get in the best play he thinks that will be the most successful play to succeed because he is in a rhythm right now. He's in a rhythm, and he's doing very well. My big ball of the day goes to Will Howard, quarterback, Kansas State, 327 yards. The guy had four touchdown passes, and the interception, I really just kind of etched that one out. He played lights out. It didn't look good at the end of him trying to make a miraculous play. I just wish he would have been in a different um, play call or in a different situation where it wasn't predictable to where he could have won the game, and that really, really would have been a good win for him. Yeah, I think you have to give it to Will Howard. So I'm in agreement with you. So, Will Howard, congratulations. Keep balling, my brother. We're going to need you. So what about this Baylor game, Reggie? So here we go. We got the Baylor Bears coming in at three and six. They've been an up and down team. You don't know which Bay. They've always they've had some success on the road. Um, not very good at home. Blake Shapin, the quarterback, has looked like he's been around for a long time. Yeah, but he's rather inconsistent as well. Uh, I think Kansas State is just like I think Baylor's just like Houston. If we put our foot down early, we do what we need to do. Don't turn the ball over. Get rid of Baylor in the first quarter. So I think you'll have a very similar type game that you had against Baylor and TCU. But if you give Baylor any life, you let them make a few first downs, you give them a little, uh, you know, a little bit of air to breathe they can make this a little closer than what you expect. The line started off at around 17. It's ballooned up to about 20, 20 and a half. I think it's 21 in some places. 
Vegas don't usually give you those bigger lines mm. unless something happens. Now, every now and then you could get a big upset, but at home, Kansas State is upset. I do think they're not going to be in a funk. Climbing does do a miraculous job of getting the heads back of the players after a tough loss. He's shown that he's been able mm -hmm. to do that week in and week out. So he'll have them ready to go. He'll have them fired up. He's got some incentives for them, a lot to play with. And mathematically, we're not out of the Big 12 playoffs yet. Mathematically, we're not. Uh, it has to be some hoodoo magic and some lot of upsets the next few weeks. But I do think we still have a lot to play for against Baylor. And I think the Cats will get out there and get after them and take care of business. But we need to get out of them early and put this game away, Joe. Yeah, Baylor just lost to Houston in overtime last week. K-State had no problem with Houston. And there's one stat. Baylor is 119th in the country against the run. They right. give up almost 200 yards a game. And to me, that's the game. <laughs> K-State will be able to run the ball against them. They weren't able to against Texas, but they will be able to against Baylor, and that's K-State's strength. Just running yeah. the ball, and they're going to get the running game going. <laughs> and that that's that may be why the line what is what it is, just because of K-State's rushing offense versus that rush defense of Baylor. So... They, you know, Baylor has that that shape in that quarterback. He can air it out. He's a good player. And he's a runner. But, and he, yeah, he's a runner too. So but I think that's the that's the key stat is K State will be able to run it. And that that'll be the story of the game, in my opinion. No, I think we'll control the clock. We'll have the ball possession. If our defense get a couple of good stops early, Baylor gets behind. Then them trying to play from behind will be tough because they become predictable. We'll yeah. be able to just kind of pin our ears back and come at them, be very creative. But I do think the line is what it is, is because we are going to be able to run the ball well. But I do think now, coming out of this Texas game, with Keegan Johnson kind of emerging, Johnson getting better, Jace, Phillip doing what he needs to do. I think our receiving and our passing game is a lot better than what it was at the beginning of the year. And I think Will Howard back there, he's throwing dimes now. He's throwing with some confidence. He's throwing with a different pep in his step than he was a few weeks ago. So I think that, along with having a great running game, because if they start – putting more men in the box to try to stop the running game, I think we'll take a few shots and go over the top as well. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't think K-State's going to have much trouble in this game. I just don't. Yeah, the only way they would not have any uh, – only way this game would be closer if mentally K-State is still hungover, yeah. as I am today on a uh, on a, on a Tuesday. And me um, too. Wednesday, still. It's Wednesday. Don't Wednesday. <laughs> no short changes. <laughs> yeah, we're the Wednesday. So on a Wednesday, I'm still a little hungover from Saturday. I, Saturday morning. Yeah. So yeah, that was I, a painful I, one. Exactly. I think K State 
will handle Baylor. Um, Baylor's an enigma. I don't really know what happened to their team. Uh, last year, we went down there and beat them very comfortably. Um, but I, I, I can't see any scenario barring something crazy that, that we're in a dogfight on, um, on, on Saturday. Yeah. I agree with I'm you. not, I'm not real happy with the ESPN, uh, ESPN streaming plus. plus. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's because of Baylor. We got the worst game of the week. So that was a, why we had to go to the streaming service. I guess, but all these teams should be on TV. There's enough channels. <laughs> it's stupid. I mean, we'll we'll both be there anyway. So right, we'll be there. Doesn't matter that's... to us, but yes, not everyone has ESPN Plus. No, I have a lot of friends and family that don't, and they get irritated every time one of these games is on ESPN Plus. It's you wouldn't a, think it's that, just a pain you... for them to try to figure, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't think a conference game. I understand against SEMO and a couple yeah. of, you yeah, know, that. Yeah. yeah, but not a conference game. No. All anyway. right. What's your All thoughts right. on the rapid fire? I got some rapid fire for you. All right, we talked about the spread. We'll go on what it, what it is today from what I saw. It's 20 and a half, so who covers? I think K-State covers. Uh, right. You know, 20 and a half is a big number. It all it depends how we, how we play it. But I think we'll play the game out pretty hard. Uh, I I think that Kleiman and Klein and the offense want to get back into some rhythm of the running game. I think the offensive line, they will want to prove and get some more confidence going into the KU game. So I, I think we'll be aggressive. I think we'll take some more chances on defense to create turnovers. Turnovers kind of come in. It's like a wave, you know, with, with interceptions. And I think we're in that groove now defensively where we're looking to create the turnovers. We're tackling more aggressively. We're tackling the ball. We're attacking. Uh, and we, trust me, we dropped three interceptions against Texas. One of them probably could have been a pick six. So I know that Klanderman, got that defense working on catching the freaking ball, uh, interceptions, doing drills. So expect some more interceptions, expect some more turnovers. So I think the 20 and a half, K-State will cover. I think we'll win the game 45-14. All right. And you mentioned, yeah, stripping the ball. And I, I noticed that against Texas that, our defenders were trying to strip the ball all the time. <laughs> so and Yeah, it we're attacking once, it and so. it worked. Yeah. All right, so K-State has three games left, Baylor, KU, and Iowa State. Do they run the table? Yes, we run the table with a big question mark in Kansas. That mm -hmm. game is going to be a, a – it's Kansas Super Bowl. It's our Super Bowl. I don't think – the Kansas State fan base will let Kleiman down, will give Kleiman a break if he loses that game. I, I think that game is so important. We could lose to Baylor and lose to Iowa State, but long as we beat Kansas, the world would be okay. Yes. But if the Kansas State fan base, if we lose to KU, 
this year, I don't know what's going to go on out there. That's going to be <laughs> not stay good. off Twitter for a couple of days. <laughs> it, it will not be good. Joe. No, not at all. So, yes, I expect the Wildcats to run the table with a very hard fought dog fight in, uh, in Lawrence against Kansas. Kansas is not a fluke. They are a quality program and a good team this year. And then I think we'll take care of business at home to close out senior night for a lot of the seniors and get it done against Iowa State, another rival. All right. So the changes to the kickoff rules is lessening my enjoyment of college football. We don't have – we don't. I don't remember we had any kickoff returns in the game on Saturday. I may be misremembering that, but – they all go through the end zone, or they all get fair caught. And historically, K-State special teams have been a strength of theirs, mm-hmm. especially returning a couple kicks for touchdowns every year. And now there's hardly any returns. So my question is, is it lessening your enjoyment of college football? And do you think the uh, – Rules should be changed back or adjusted. I think the rules should be changed back or just get rid of the kickoffs altogether. Yeah, why because, even bother? Yeah, right. Because what we're doing now is they're very rarely returned. Ninety percent of them go out of the end zone. So why even do it? You know, mm-hmm. we need to make it scoot them back so we can have the return to happen. I think what they was trying to do minimize the collisions and some of the other mm-hmm. things. But I do think it is an advantage for the teams that rep it and practice it and do real well with it that we're they it's being taken away. It's basically yeah. being taken out of the out of the game. Yeah. Taking an advantage away. So yeah. All right, here's a basketball question. Well the final two are actually so K-State was picked to finish sixth in the Big 12 in basketball in the preseason coaches poll. Do they finish above or below sixth place in the conference? I think that's about right. I think so, too. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, I think it's about right. I had the uh, great fortune to be able to see them Monday night in Vegas, Joe. And I would tell you, we got some work to do. Now yeah. we're missing, we're missing Nacon Tomlin, which is a big one. We didn't shoot the ball well. I think they did rebound well and was aggressive, did show a little fight to make a little run. But I, I think it's gonna take a while before the cohesiveness of this team gets in order. And when you look at the Big Twelve across the board, I think fifth to six is probably where they're gonna be. Yeah, and they look like a team that had, wasn't comfortable playing with each other because they haven't they, much. <laughs> they haven't. You could see it. But and I, that's, I, that's the world we live in with all these transfers every year. I believe so. in Tang. I believe in Tang. I think he'll get them in the tournament, uh, and I think he'll get them in position to be able to make a run. But when you look at the Big 12, I'm assuming Kansas was picked number one. 
You yep. probably had Houston number two. Yep. You had Texas number three. Yep. And then you got Baylor probably number four. So where can I don't it's hard to see K State above any of those teams. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. you got a West Virginia team and an Iowa State team that I think that's going to be good as well. Mm -hmm. You throw in a Texas Tech. Uh, it's 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 tough sled. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just I mean, this is the hard. It's gonna be a gauntlet. Yeah, it is. Now, is the schedule set up, Joe? To where we play everybody? How they how they do it with the new team? I don't think this year we're playing everybody twice. Right, you don't play everybody twice. Only some no. of the teams. Yeah. Only like Kansas, Iowa State, couple other ones, right? Right. Yeah, because there are 14 teams in there this year. Right. You got so. 14 because you still got Oklahoma and Texas to complete mm -hmm. the year, correct? Yeah. Right. So, so what I, about Naquan Tomlin? Do you think he returns to the team prior to Big 12 play starting? Yes, I think he returns to the team after the semester. I think the legal process has to work itself out. I have not had the uh, ability to try to read the whole charges of what was charged. I'm assuming it's just a fight in Aggieville that happens every single day. Uh, <laughs> um, so I can't see the charges being somewhat egregious of somebody saying that he assaulted them and it gets deeper than that. So I'm just assuming that he'll get some type of fine and maybe some community service hours. That'll go away. And once the legal process has worked itself out, I think Tang will kind of take him through, you know, a little process of redeeming himself. But I see him coming back after the Christmas break or early January. Out of curiosity, did you ever hear what happened with that? They sure uh, put the lid on it and not let anything out. They put the lid over very quickly, Joe. So I've mm -hmm. only know what you know. He yeah. was in a fight. Right. <laughs> so uh now they some reports did say that he was a little bit more aggressive. Um, that's what called the uh arrest. My experience in being in Aggieville and being in that situation back in the day, Joe. If you was an athlete or a football player or something like that, you usually wouldn't get arrested. Mm -hmm. So somebody wanted an axe to grind. Somebody wanted to prove something. I don't know what those bouncers are at Tubbies or whatever. But most of the time, particularly if you had a star athlete, which everybody knew he's hard to miss. He's yeah. so tall. Right. That that they would somebody would break that up, not let that get to the level where it needs to get to, and get him out of there. Now. The only thing I could say, it was late, late. So he's probably, most of the players are gone. He probably didn't have many players left with him. Because mm -hmm. if that was with my teammates, we wouldn't have let that escalate it to that level. Yeah. We'd have been out of there. Even if there was a commotion or a little something, it wouldn't have got to the level to where you had to be arrested. So mm -hmm. something doesn't sound right with that uh, unless – Tomlin was really drinking or was really out of the, out of his mind, which there's no indication that 
he was to you know belligerent it just seemed like something just you know it's 130 2 o'clock in the morning in Aggieville only thing it's gonna do is be bad right <laughs> <laughs> that's you just can't put yourself in that position no so you gotta you gotta get out of there now it's easy for me as a 52 year old man saying it now versus when I was 18 19 20 mm -hmm. back in Aggieville but you got to get yourself out of that position. Yeah, definitely. All right, so what's your official prediction for Saturday? So my official prediction, like I said, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with 45-14. I think K-State wins comfortably. I think we score. Don't be surprised if we get a defensive score as well. Uh, we'll get back to the running game. I think we'll control the clock. We'll make a few explosive plays, get Baylor behind the sticks, and then I think we'll comfortably get this done to lead into a massive game against KU the next week. Yeah, I'm thinking 40 to 20, something like that. I think the spread is about right. K-State runs the ball at will against them and gets it done rather easily. That's my prediction. Yeah, so I, I think we're on the same page. Let's hope we go ahead and get it done. Uh, it's an afternoon game, finally. We don't have a morning game. We don't have a night game. So a little bit different uh, feel for the afternoon for K-State. Uh, weather's supposed to be okay, right? Yeah, I think 50s. 50s is good, so. yeah. So 50s in November in Manhattan, that's okay. We'll take that's that. That's okay, yep. <laughs> I'll take that. We'll take that. Well, Lisa gives us a little it, – it makes the tailgating a little bit. You don't have to get up it early in the morning. Right, yep. Okay, buddy. Well, I'll see you this Saturday for sure. Like I said, I'll be right, make sure I get around to see you All and because right. uh, we don't have to get up it early in the morning. Yeah, we're going to be in the usual spots. So. Okay, boss. I'll text well, you. Yeah. Well, let's go, cats. Have a good week, and uh, we'll get her done. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.